0: Yeah, you know, I hope you better put those on because we're could. gonna start. We're gonna be talking about feelings today. Feelings, feelings. I'm all down feelings. with
1: feelings. Keeping them smashed I hope You the brought your feelers, kids. <laughs> uh, feelers. We're here for the uh, the rodeo, the feeling rodeo. <laughs> I always like I feel like nobody gets my jokes. You know, I, I, just went, <laughs> I was talking
0: with Jeff the other day, and nobody knows me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi welcome This is a podcast this is great now, uh, today's a little something a little different uh, Jeff and I were having a conversation about uh, well obviously you can tell we talk all the time uh, because most of most of this stuff that we go through is not uh, it 's not scripted by any means we do have an outline but we we're always liking to test the envelopes push the envelopes uh-huh. of, of conversation and I love a good diagram. So Jeff showed me something that I thought was absolutely spectacular because we hear a lot of people talking about, you know, I was joking, we're going to put on our feeling hats today. We hear hear a lot about experiencing God and we hear a lot about, you know, interacting with the divine. And as someone who was raised very conservatively, very Mm -hmm. non-charismatically, that was, it wasn't necessarily as much not even talked about as it was almost considered sinful to talk about those things. It was almost anathema to be able to consider the idea, you know, God God stopped way back there in that middle section of the back part of your Bible, and you just need to quit talking about it. Um, and so it seems like something that that I well, no, it doesn't seem it was something that I was not raised to Interact with mm-hmm. or to consider. Yep. Until, I. until one day, Jeff uh, actually showed, <laughs> we, were, we were in his office and uh, throwing some stuff up on the magic whiteboard of mystery. I love a good whiteboard. Uh, love a good whiteboard. I usually just sniff the markers. But when... <laughs> we can tell. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, but when uh, we were talking about experiencing God, and Jeff, I, I'm going to let Jeff kind of walk us through a few things on how we experience God. And then after this, perhaps let's look at some of the problems with it, if we have time.
1: I have problems? No, you Jeff. You have problems with e- my diagram?
0: Everything you do is art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, no, right. actually, I think this is brilliant. Uh, so, Jeff... What do we know about God and how can we figure it out?
1: Yeah. So, um, Nathan, I'm going to get on my soapbox. You can go to Starbucks. You know, you can be back here in a few. I'm good. Just bring me one. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I think throughout this exercise, you guys are going to hear us talk a little bit about our story. Yeah. And uh, without going for too long, um, as my mother would say, I could talk to the wall and wait for a reply and mm-hmm. fill in the space until it answered. Um, but without going for too long... I think one of the things that we have to um, talk about is where we've come from and where some of our ideas come from. And I am in fully recognizing um, that it's going to be a little difficult to put this out there for everybody. Right. Um, this is Jeff's vulnerability moment. We're going to have I, to use some mental imagery. Yes, today. And, and I want you to all be vulnerable with your stories with each other because I do think it plays a huge part. But... There was a portion of my life where the things that I had been taught no longer worked. Um, They did not help me understand uh, very much about God, about the church, about this guy named Jesus. Um, We definitely didn't talk about the Spirit, so I definitely didn't have much of an understanding there. And so I left. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was one of those easy leavings because of the time in life I could explain it away. Was it an active decision to leave or was it one of those? Well, I I guess I left. It was more of a why should I waste my time? Yeah. Um, So it wasn't I'm done. I'm out. I'm taking a stand. Right. Um, It was very much a, uh, you know, I'm really busy. I've got a new gig uh, right out of college. And there's only so many hours in the week. And this whole Jesus, God, spirit thing, I'm not so sure I'm down with it. So I would—I was busy, but I no longer made time to be involved in the church. And I was uh, getting married uh, within a number of years of that. And, you know, my wife and I come from similar backgrounds, but my background was a little more rigid and harsh. So, of course, she, even though uh, is very devout in her faith, Uh, very much was not destined to spend eternity with me because she was not (laughs) of my tribe. Um, What I didn't know is her tribe was praying for me and my tribe, and uh, (laughs) these two tribes have kind of blended, Uh and so uh, it all works out. God's got a plan. And so as I walked away and spent a lot of time with agnostics and atheists and have lots of friends that do believe, don't believe, uh, some that are not atheist but anti theist, as Richard Dawkins would say. Right. Um, you know, so it's a pretty big mix. And so I had a lot of different ideas thrown at me. And, you know, like I shared in the first episode, uh, our son is born and we end up in a church here uh, in Franklin. And I started to ask myself in this church that was very open about asking questions, what do I know about God? Uh, and so I started looking around, talked to the minister here who uh, was a bit of a contrarian. Yeah. Uh, I think we could say that, uh, but an amazing man to me uh, and still a dear friend. Um, but the thing is, is that, um, he allowed me to ask questions and, uh, I like in the outline you said, and it turned into a geometry lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not figuring square roots in area. I love a great
0: diagram. I cannot tell you how much I love a good (laughs) diagram.
1: Um, so the thing that started to come to mind to me as I was talking to a friend one day was that. You know, we we talk about God in a Trinity, a Trinitarian format, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's really interesting that most. Can we
0: officially say that we here affirm the Trinity? I think it yes, has so, to be just, said, just right? Just so that no one freaks out. Right. Yes,
1: we affirm the Trinity. We affirm the Trinity, and I think what's really interesting is that being raised Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Yes. Um, it's really interesting. But really just father, son. Yes. we The, yeah. the ghost sits in the corner. Yes. You know, Quietly. he's allowed to be there, but yes. we don't talk to him. <laughs> um, and I That's think sarcasm, everybody. Yeah, just. absolutely. Uh, but what's interesting is this is an idea that is not accepted by all. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of Christians just think this is the norm. Yeah. Um, talk to a, a Jewish individual and say, you know, we've got three gods, but they are three in one and one in three. And they may look at you with a big old hairy eyeball. Um, But the thing is, is that so with this whole Trinitarian idea, I started to kind of break it apart and I drew a triangle. And in this triangle, one point is the father. Let's put the father at the top. I want everyone
0: picturing the same (laughs) diagram. So (laughs) help me explain this this, this here. Yes, at this
1: equilateral triangle, let's put the father at the top. Father at the top. Proceed. And so with the father, one of the things that we have to ask is, What do we know about the Father, and how do we know it? How do we experience the Father? And so I don't have any Bible verses for for this, so to speak. Um, Those will pop up as we go throughout. However, the thing about the Father is when you think about fathers, what have they done that make them fathers? They have created... They have mm-hmm. taken an active hand in creating something, and it's something new. And so, quite honestly, as a Christian uh, who does affirm the Trinity, mm-hmm. uh, when I think about the Father, I can sit here and say, how I know the Father. I know the Father through his creation. Right. I can see sunsets. I can see mountains. I can see oceans. Um, I can People s- can meet my Father you know, through me because of my right. characteristics. I can see quite literally his fingerprints, right? Right. Um, as we, as we look at that. Um, and so um, that, that one's not really a stretch, right? Yeah. And we're not getting into the whole, you know, scientific portion of this and what all's involved there. But the fact of the matter is I can experience the father and I don't need somebody to explain it. Mm-hmm. He's right there, me and him right next to each other. So that's kind of one point of the triangle. You want to move to the bottom left or the bottom right? Uh, Well, I I was going to say you can experience the Father in a sunrise.
0: Absolutely. You can experience the Father in the rain. Yes. You can experience the father with every Alabama football win, uh, so <laughs> or
1: every Cubs defeat. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but, but
0: yeah, it's very obvious the the, the his handiwork. Yep. I think is
1: how we experience. The father. Yeah, absolutely. let's move to the bottom left. The bottom left, the eight o'clock position. <laughs> so the bottom left is going to be this guy that some people. Uh, it's interesting. Of late, some people have called him. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And some people call him the Holy Spirit. Um, my wife just says Spirit. Spirit. Which I think is great. Um, I loved uh, I love the, the old way of saying it, and I say old as in my childhood, mm. the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, right? yeah. The Father, Son, and Holy Toast. Um, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, This ghost, this spirit, this thing that is moving and living and breathing, um, for those that do sign up for the scriptures, as you and I do, it's this gift that Mm -hmm. is given uh, upon believing and receiving Jesus. Um, And so, you know, it, it has had many different... Descriptions, one being, you know, that still small voice. Yeah. Um, yeah a or a, a gut feeling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as some people call it. But there is this piece of the Holy Spirit that we just know, mm-hmm. right? Um, those non believers, which perfectly fine with me uh, non-believers will just call it intuition right um, but it comes from somewhere yeah. and so as a believer when I'm thinking about the spirit I'm thinking about that that peace of God that moves within yeah um, it's that moment when the world is absolutely coming apart for believers or non-believers but they find a sense of calm mm-hmm. um, it's that uh, auditory reminder that Chill, it's okay. Yeah, it's already settled. Sometimes, sometimes
0: it's that which, which is in your head, but doesn't sound like you. Right, Right. it's not something you would say. I mean, being transparent, you know, just for a moment, there, Mm -hmm. you know, I've gone through a lot of hardship. um, Mm -hmm. Some of it recent. Yeah, and um, there were times where, finally, when I found myself in a position where I was willing to truly listen to God, and I think that's a huge. Part yeah. of it. You, mm-hmm. God's not going to shout over your own shouting. Right. Um, but there were times when I had to, had Him, uh, when I experienced the Spirit, and I, I don't know any other way to explain this. Right. Okay. I, I know this, you know, there are, there are. Very intelligent theologians right now that are throwing things at their phone. Because I can't (laughs) quantify my friend. Throw away I can't quantify what I'm about to say other than I just know what I heard. And I can Mm -hmm. tell you that there was a time when God looked at you know God's spirit, I I have to say it was. He told me things that I needed to hear at that very time that until you realize this, Mm -hmm. Nathan, then this will not be. Right. and there's no other explanation for right. it and it brings me to tears i'm not a crier but i can tell you i can tell you when the spirit's around yeah. because it rips me apart like in a great way yep um, but, but I can tell it's there, but anyway, forgive me. I didn't mean to hijack no, your no, explanation. No, no,
1: that's a great example. Um, you know, the spirit is one of those things that it's a very personable, right. um, piece of God. And what I find really interesting is that, uh, Jesus directly refers to the spirit as the gift, mm-hmm. right? And the comforter, uh, the comforter, um, and it's also referred to as the counselor. Mm-hmm. And as an individual who is getting into that world, that's cool, mm-hmm. right? Um, to be able to be that counselor, to be able to be that that um, that voice that can help guide. And that's pretty much what it is, right? It's the voice that guide Why are, are we guides. so afraid of the spirit? Because it can't be explained. Can't be quantified. Show me its source. Yeah. I want to see it. How much right? spirit did you experience today? <laughs> don't get me started. We don't have that much time. It was a long day. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, that's the thing. And I think one of the things you call out about the spirit and in, in what you were talking about that is so critical is we find what we're looking for. We go where we're looking, and I don't want to uh, get too far off track, but right. I did. I have that tendency. <laughs> I did have the opportunity to actually teach my wife how to drive. And my wife. He's
0: not being chauvinist. They've been married, they've been together been that for long. A long okay. Time. okay. It's not like she finally yeah. learned how like when she, I
1: showed her. She was 16 years old, you yeah. know? And one of the things that I absolutely love, and when she listens to this, she's going to call me. She's going to find me. She's going to throw something at me. You'll probably be in the
0: car when she hears this. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And uh, which would just be the irony. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that was really interesting, and I I use it for a metaphor with a lot of different things, and that is that we go where we look. Mm -hmm. Okay. My wife, before she learned how to drive a car, was a very accomplished horseman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that word I don't throw around. there are a lot of riders out there. There are mm-hmm. very few horsemen, yeah, she's brilliant. Uh, she is absolutely astonishing as an individual. i so married up um but when it comes to horses, uh she's absolutely amazing um as a rider, as a groom, as a trainer. Um, and just all in all, everything she does with them, there's, there's something, there's a connection there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the first time we took a turn in a car and I'm like, okay, turn on your signal. She turns it on. All right, we're gonna make the turn. We go to make the turn and she hits her head on the side glass, mm-hmm. like the window. And I'm like, what's going on? Well, with a horse, you lean. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't a horse. We don't right. lean with the car, <laughs> but the thing is, is she was leaning and looking where she was Going right, And I think that's very critical if we think about it uh, with the spirit. If we don't look for it, we're not going to see it. Yeah. Right? Uh, and this isn't a situation of, oh, I bought a forerunner, so now that's all I see on the road. Right. It's an awareness. And by the way, we're also not saying, and then we'll, we'll move on because yep. we don't want to
0: harp on this too long, but we're also not saying that it's just self-fulfilling, Right. We're not saying if you just, you know, if you if if you pray for the spirit to give you ice cream and you just keep looking <laughs> for a Baskin right. Robbins no, you'll no. we'll find it. You will find it. No, you will find the
1: 31 flavor.
0: Exactly. No, it's it's more of oftentimes the spirit takes you to a place where you are looking where you're wanting to go, but you don't exactly know what that final destination right. is. You you yes. trust the path, you know, the path or you, you trust the path, but you don't know the final destination. That yes. is such a weird way to say it, yes. but I hope you know what I'm trying yes. to
1: say. No, you nailed it. And so, um, that's kind of how we know the spirit, yeah. right? It's this internal mm-hmm. dialogue, it's pictures, very much, very. very much. It can be a feeling. Um, so there's the spirit now here's the hard part. The four o'clock corner. The hard part for me, and this is where the skeptic shows up. Mm -hmm. Think, okay, he's not skeptical about the spirit, but he's skeptical about Jesus. Yeah. Okay. I am not skeptical that Jesus lived, walked, and is the Son of God. I fully believe all of those things. Totally. Here's the part that I struggle with How do I know him? We'll wait. How can I experience a relationship with the Son of God, who put on skin, came to this earth, walked, lived, died, human being, and left? Mm-hmm. How can Jeff experience a relationship with that guy? I can experience his father. Go outside tomorrow morning when the sun comes up. Go home, sit on the porch with it rainy, have a cigar with a friend. Mm-hmm. How can I experience? Jesus.
0: Because we physically have never seen him. We have
1: not seen him. I have not shaken his hand.
0: What would you say to those that say, well, we experiencing through the word?
1: Well, that's where the struggle is. And mm-hmm. notice the gentle prompting that Nathan's giving me. Uh, he knows how to keep me on track. Bump. So, yeah. <laughs> Was that the spirit moving Nathan? Um, no, that's the struggle that I have, is that I have the Bible. I have the Word. I do believe it's divinely inspired. But I can see male, female fingerprints all over it. And that's where, for me, I really struggle. Now, we're going to go somewhere real quick. Some people believe it, some people don't. I did a little bit of research, and I found that some folks say it's absolutely true and have documents and sites and all of that, and other folks say it's total hogwash. But the concept can happen. And here's where we are. The I went and pulled it out, my original King James, my 18-year-old this birthday so dope, present from mm. my grandfather, and,
0: I'm a total uh, Bible nerd, by the way. <laughs> I, just, I love Bibles, and this
1: one is crazy. And so there is the legend, some say, that is truth, but the concept I think you get, and that is that uh, William Shakespeare may or may not have been one of the scribes uh, that actually helped Put on paper the authorized version. The authorized version mm-hmm. by the king of the original King James Version. Mm-hmm. Well, the bard himself was known to like to leave his fingerprints places. <laughs> and it just so happened that the year that this came out was his, the year of his 46th birthday. And he happened to receive the 46th Psalm, according to legend. And when you look at the 46th Psalm, the 46th... In the King James. In the King
0: James. If you guys are not going to find this in the message. <laughs> right.
1: just' <I'm> Just saying. <laughs> the 46th word in is the word Shake. And the 46th word from the end is the word "spirit." Okay. I'm not saying aliens. it's true. But aliens and pyramids. <laughs> ha- no. Um, but the fact of the matter is that in all of these translations we have, a man has put his logic into the order of the words. Right. So how can I know Jesus without Nathan and his translation? Mm-hmm. I and, think it's and- a very simple even if and I've been struggling with this because I'm
0: about to say I'm about to say a phrase that will really set some people off if you don't understand my meaning and I'm going to throw it out there anyway because if you're listening to this you're not normal anyway <laughs> um, in a way and this is not diminishing the bible at all but in a way if we're talking about experiencing Jesus in the text it's holy hearsay
1: ooh how about that
0: And and I'm I'm not saying that we discount it. I'm not saying it's not true. But none of it was said to us. Right. None of it was said to us. It is text. It is document. We'll talk about this more in the next episode. It is text. It is document in a vacuum. Yep. In a different time period. It is not said to us. And we certainly did not hear those words ourselves. Therefore, it is technically hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. Technically. Technically.
1: I'm not discounting it. Don't hate me. No. And the application is there. Yeah. Right. Um, While these words were put in order, in an order, and have been tweaked and massaged for the last 500 years, Mm -hmm. um, they have, and I will leave you to the exact number of years because that's more you than me, (laughs) um, centuries upon centuries, you know. Billions and billions. Mm. Um, but the thing, the, the fact of the matter is, is that these words were crafted by man as inspired by God. Mm-hmm. And I think when that happens, we have to look at what the, the meaning behind the words rather than the individual word is that makes it very uncomfortable for folks that use this as the holy hand grenade. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to pull out a John three sixteen to combat your whatever out of the Quran, mm-hmm. and I'm now all of a sudden going, hold on, these words were crafted by man, but the message is the same. Mm-hmm. The meaning is mm-hmm. what matters. And in a therapeutic setting, that's where we have our wins and our losses, right? It's not what happened. It's the meaning we make of what happened. And so if I look at what's going on with Jesus, And I take it all very literally and all of this and that. And all of a sudden, I get approached with, well, shake and spear. I'm blown. Yeah. We're screwed. I've got nothing. Yeah. But here's the thing we get into the New Testament, we see what was attributed to Christ, and we hear these words What are the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all you are. Mm -hmm. And? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love me. Love them. So simple, right? But so complex. Mm-hmm. I, so, where do we experience Jesus? I feel through mm-hmm. my own thoughts. This is my opinion, opinion alert here. <laughs> but I think we have to go okay, why is that so important to love them? He didn't need her help. I mean, you look through the the, the Old Testament. He loved all over those people and didn't need anybody else to do it. So why all of a sudden do we think that he needs us to help him? I don't think it's that he needs us. I think Jesus is pointing us to where we can meet him after he leaves. Mm -hmm. We can see Jesus in those folks around us. Because this is what we have been told. Also, if you look at the meaning and not necessarily how the verbs are conjugated and the nouns fall into place, but we find that Jesus said he can be seen in the brokenness. His beauty, his completeness can be seen in the brokenness of his people. And so if I am broken and you are broken and we are looking at each other, we can find Jesus. And that is where I think this triangle becomes complete. I can experience my God the Father as it's seeing a sunset, a beautiful waterfall. and that's a shout out to our executive <laughs> minister there who loves waterfalls. Exactly. Um, I can see the Creator. I can experience the Spirit when I'm in a moment of panic or crisis. and then I can find Jesus when I look at my brother Nate and he's having a hard time and I am able to help and vice versa. In those dark nights of the soul, when it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm having a moment, and he looks at me and can help and minister to me, that is where we find Jesus. And the scriptures help us in helping them. And I think that's what's so critical. I don't necessarily find the essence of Jesus in the, litera- the literal manifestation of flesh and blood in these scriptures mm-hmm. but I find out who he is and how I can find him in those neighbors around me
0: and then do you not know that your body singular is a temple
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> just like the temple that the Hebrews built to house God yeah. that is where they meant they went to meet mm-hmm. God the body in that passage in 1 Corinthians referring to the body of believers is the temple where we can experience right. the Lord. How about that? It's pretty powerful. Yep. Because we, in many other places we've talked about we're the hands, we're the feet. Yep. We're the experiential human expression yes. of Jesus. No, I'm not ascribing to this New Age philosophy that a lot of people are saying right now that, oh, we're God's too. No, no, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that when Jesus said, I want you to be, for example, I want you to be with your spouse the way I am with the church, Right. we are creating something different. We're creating something amazing. Absolutely. And it's flesh and it could only be, just like they teach in Hebrews, Jesus could only be the high priest. Because he was fully human. Yes. He could not intercede for mankind unless he was fully human. Amen. And in that humanity, we find ourselves. And in ourselves, we find the expression of him.
1: Absolutely. And that... I just came up with that. That's not (laughs) even in the notes. (laughs) And that is how I found my way back. Mm -hmm. And that is what I am constantly looking for as I work with my fellow man Uh, And what's really interesting to me is that I do want to know this guy named Jesus. And I do believe I have met him and seen him. Not that he walked through the wall here in the room. Right. But that I have seen his heart and Mm -hmm. who he is. And thinking back to our last episode, I can meet Jesus in a millennial. Mm -hmm. I can meet Jesus in a Gen Z, in a boomer, in an X. I can meet Jesus in an atheist mm-hmm. and I can meet Jesus in a professional Christian. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, is they, he has given us everything that we need through his ministry. We are blessed to have these words that he orchestrated through the Trinity mm-hmm. with these writers. But I think the piece that we miss is when we hold these words up, these letters that have been strung together and say, this is my God. Mm-hmm. No, this is the map to my God. Right, And I think that's the part we have to acknowledge. So as the church takes responsibility for its trauma, as the church takes responsibility and says, we are just the ones holding it for now, I think when we can experience Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that we can pass the church on to those that are coming behind us in a way that we can continue this story, that we can continue to help people experience their God because it's through experience that we find true meaning. Mm -hmm. If we don't have experience, we've just got a life filled with events. You know, if there's no experiencing of that moment of that person, then we are just stringing together moments. And I think we were really meant for more than that. And, uh, and that's a little bit of my journey. There are verses out there. If you're interested, uh, just a couple, uh, experiencing God, Isaiah 64, seven, you can find that one, uh, experiencing the spirit, Galatians five, 22 and 23, and then Jesus, uh, with Mark 12, 30 and 31. Um, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, Nathan, I'm about where I need to be for this episode. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask a question. Um, but you though. go. And, yeah. And what else I, have we got to wrap
0: this up? We have to be sure that we make our expectations of the church realistic. Yes. Yeah. You know, the The church is the physical expression of. Christ on earth now. As yes. we know, we you yes. know, it is the body of Christ on earth. Yep. So we have to make sure that our 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 expectations of the church of each other and of ourselves are realistic and also biblical. Yep. You know, I expect I expect the church <laughs> to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. If it is not, it is toxic and if yours is not, you should leave it. Wow, bold statements. About I I that's that's how I feel. Yeah. If if your church is just about one thing and it's not about being the hands and feet of Christ, then you're not going to a church, you're going to a concert. Yeah. And by the way, this is you're talking to a musician. Yeah. So, I'm not just harping on good music, <laughs> okay? In fact, I lo- I think the church should be the standard for quality production. Yeah. Not a joke. Yes. Uh Absolutely. But if if your church is not the hands and feet of Christ, you should leave it. Yeah. If if or or if not, leave it. Then you should change it. Yeah. Um, if our expectations of each other, like, I, you know, Jeff, I consider you one of my dearest friends. I don't, and being an Enneagram 8, high D personality, <laughs> uh, I've got about one friend. Um, so, so I say this to say, you know, my expectation of you is that you hold me in check. Yeah. And, and I'm going to hold you in check and and we 've had times where and, and not yeah. in a bad way it 's been good,, yes. uh, and my expectation of myself it 's always unrealistic, but <laughs> but my expectation of myself should always, and yours whoever 's listening, should be you know do, I, I should expect out of myself a humble sitting and waiting and following of god yes you know, that 's that's, that's the experience of that. We should seek the spirit, we should pray for the yes. spirit, we should. We should worship God, we should be Jesus, you know all of those things. I hit yes. all the triangle right there yeah, absolutely but we had but on the I was listening to uh, one of my favorite podcasts and, and everyone if you're listening to me then you've list, you 're listening to Bema um, Marty and Brent, uh, I consider them good friends and they brought on some brilliant co-hosts yeah. in recent mm-hmm. episodes, and one of them were talking about how do we evaluate our church and I thought this was the most brilliant definition and this is not mine this is theirs. Um, Two ways to identify, or two ways to evaluate a church. How do they care for the others, which we're going to spend a lot of time in the future talking about the others, mm-hmm. the outcasts, the downtrodden, the people that don't, don't fit in. The people that Jesus went to first. Exactly. And what are they like behind the mic when they're off stage? Mm-hmm. What are they like when they're not being seen? Yeah. And those are the two major litmus tests that you should give churches because they address everything that we talked to you to this point and then some. Mm-hmm. Because... If they're answering those questions well, then they are worshiping the Father. They are inviting the Spirit. Yep. They are following the Son.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Sorry, it's a little micro rant, but that's what I do.
1: <laughs> no, I think you're exactly right.
0: Because we have to be part of the reconciliation of all things. Yes. Colossians one twenty. that's one of my favorites. We have to be part of the reconciliation of all things. It is not in the sweet by and by, I'll fly away. <laughs> one day my back is not going to hurt. And one day there's not going to be need for people in Nashville to sell the contributor. Yes. One day uh, the earth, the the waters will not have flotillas of garbage. And one day our goal is to see to it while we are here that our air is as clean as it can be and that we're not eradicating species of animals. And no, I'm not talking about any political standpoint. I'm right. talking about we have been put as the hands and feet of Christ to be put on this earth to help reconcile all things. Colossians one twenty. read it. If you disagree with it, the problems with you, not me. Yeah.
1: Well, and to that point, I think uh, one of the things I, you know, honest moment here. Yeah. Uh, we just got back from a trip and um, we saw a homeless man. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten so jaded that I drove by. Yeah. And I look in the back seat and I see my child crying. And I looked at him as we walked into a Starbucks mm-hmm. and said, what's going on? And he said, I don't know what to do with him.
0: And mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? You with don't who? know what to do
1: with yeah. him. Like, him who? It's like you, me and your mom in the car. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And he said, that, that homeless man we saw just down the street. And I realized, and this is one of the things about the generational piece, if we believe that we are from God, those young folks have seen him more recently than we have. Maybe we take our cue from them from time to time rather than beating them down and saying, no, this is what we do Mm -hmm. and say, okay, how do we love that guy? And and
0: show him Jesus. And show
1: him Jesus. Jesus, and the thing is is that as a father I look at my child and I want him to be safe and cared for and I say, okay there's a risk here mm-hmm. and then I have to play with those verses very gingerly mm-hmm. that say to live as Christ and die as gain if I lose my lose my life while serving Jesus, so be it that's really hard to it's accept a big pill to swallow it really is. And I think that's one of the things on my journey that I've really got to spend some time with is I've got to reconcile that thought because that man that was at that corner, that was begging for money. We can get all political with it, but the fact of the matter is Jesus loves him as much as he loves me. Mm -hmm. What do I do with that? And he built his ministry full of those guys, those guys, those are the ones that took the message. And so it's very convicting. Um, But as we think about this triangle, I have such opportunity to meet Jesus when I meet those others, whether it's a mentally ill individual on the side of the road who can't get a job and the only thing they can do is beg money, mm-hmm. or it is that elder in your church that drives the Ferrari and has the third wife. Mm-hmm. I can see Jesus in both places, yeah. and they both so desperately need him, just like I do in the middle. And so the if it's not if it doesn't match up, leave. Or change it. Or change it. And uh, I think both of those responses are just fine.
0: All I'm going to say to close us out is this. I, d- I didn't expect this to go this long, first No, nor, nor did I. But, it, but I think some things just need to be said. But I will say this, and I don't plan on ending every episode like this. But God, as we seek to be your hands and feet, help us when we trip over them. Amen. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.